You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very exciting episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan. Thank you, uh, Moa Peach, for being a member for two months. I just saw that in the chat. That's awesome. Um... We uh we have so much to talk about. Lucian's not ready. He's all over the place. He's not even streaming yet. So yeah, I am crazy. now, but yeah, it <laughs> it's all a mess. It's all a mess. It's okay. Uh, so much news to cover. Um, it's a very exciting day. Very exciting week, I guess. Uh, and I we all knew that Spelljammer was coming because of the playtest. I think. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's still really cool to see the new art and to just get excited for it. But yes, so Spelljammer is confirmed. It's very, very exciting. Um, we have three new books coming, um, and a whole other slew of things was introduced in this D&D Direct, uh, which I wonder if Wizards learned their lesson of let's not do live events anymore because they always have problems. They're always bad. People's <laughs> cameras are awful. And instead, like, well, let's just do uh, like a pre-recorded video and we can just premiere that. And the, it was a lot better. And we got all the information we wanted and it was right. presented very well, I feel. so. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so that would be D&D Direct because I don't remember them saying anything else about Direct meaning anything. So they didn't say like that's the next name of the next version. They didn't say that's a name of a live show. So really it was kind of like i guess a nintendo direct would do at this point i think there's yeah. our pre-recorded presentation i was looking um, it up but i think i think nintendo pioneered this format of like yeah. how do we how do we energize the fans for the yeah. for the year kind of a thing mm-hmm. and that's what this is and so it's like hey we're just gonna like drop little hints here and there of what we're doing um but to be mm-hmm. honest we still don't know what the december october kind of range book is the q4 book but right. I'm assuming it's going to be Dragonlance because that's what they like hinted at at the very end. Mm-hmm. Since this summer is going to be Spelljammer, um, and with the acquisition of D and D Beyond from uh, Fandom to now Hasbro, I think they're going to lean heavily into that and like those subscriptions and things like that. So we saw a little bit of that with. Uh, they said, "Hey, if you sign up for D and D Beyond or for Wizards." Uh, wiz- I, there's a Wizards account that I didn't even know, but apparently your D&D Beyond account is going to merge into that. Yeah. So they're trying to collect email addresses. They want users. They want emails. They want to be able to market to you. And how do you do that? You create free monsters. And so here are mm-hmm. 10 like free Spelljammer monsters, which were really good. I don't know if you got a chance to look at them. Like, I have not yet. Yeah, they're really good, and they're super fun. And already I was like, I want to use these. Like The flavor text <laughs> on them are really great. Uh, one of them in particular is an Eldritch Lich, which is a lower CR than a regular Lich, but you're a Lich that had a parasite grow in you, and that parasite is actually your phylactery, and it's got a tie to the old gods and stuff, like a, a Cthulhu kind of beings. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could build a whole campaign around this. Like, this is amazing. So, <laughs> this is a great bad guy. <laughs> this uh, compendium is free, and I was uh, re- doing a little bit of research, and I guess in back in the day, they used to do... Uh, monster compendiums where you would get uh, basically like a spiral bound notebook and then like 
they're like, here's 10 monsters and you would slowly add to this. And so I think that the idea is this is going to be sim similar. We're going to have monster compendium one, two, three. And then maybe by the end you could print all of these and have like a full free monster book. So it'd be kind of fun. Or maybe they won't all be free. That. Who knows? So. Yeah, I don't remember having a binder of monsters. I must have missed that. I think that was, that yeah, somebody, well, I, I did casual research, I should say. Yeah. Um, AJ Pickett's in <laughs> chat. He says the clockwork horror, that was really good. And the clockwork horror mm. is kind of like a, a nanotech robot that has yeah. chainsaws for hands. And it says that its sole purpose is to find other resources and build more of itself. And so like, oh, that's wow. another campaign where you're like, you have <laughs> these replicating robots going everywhere. Um, thank you, Chibi Disciple, for the $5 donation. <laughs> Very nice of you. Uh, yeah, Tui. It was really cool. So, I don't know. Are you are you excited? Was it everything you wanted? What's going on? Well, <laughs> definitely excited because it's no longer a joke or a meme, right? Because there still could have been that outstanding chance that they were just going to keep keep the long-running meme and never do spell jammers. But they finally did it. So, we're no longer in joke territory. We're actually going to get it. I found it was super interesting. They did it in a three box, three book slip yeah. case set, which is kind of cool. But that does kind of go into what Ray was saying. We're exploring more ways to do content, not just yeah. a book, but other ways. So box sets, we were one of the things we had guessed about, but even some other things there we're starting to see too. So maybe the way that they're, you know, releasing 10 monsters that's another way, that's another style of content they can release that isn't just the book that they put out, right? Um, and now that they own D&D Beyond, that's another thing they can put stuff out. And, you know, that's content that's not a book mm -hmm. um, that they can put out in that. It doesn't have to necessarily be just from the published books now. They could they could do a whole series of stuff that just maybe gets released on D&D Beyond to really entice people yeah. to use D&D Beyond, not just as a, I need to buy it as a second electronic format of the book I already bought and but all other kinds of cool stuff too so yeah I thought that was cool um the artwork looked good I mean and, they're always knocking it out of the park with art like I think yeah if anything Wizards has that down to a science with Magic the yeah. Gathering and they mentioned the point. races we wanted like there was I mean I saw what was it the Thrykeen the Plasmoid was in there the yep. the GIF GIF GIF, yeah. GIF, I say GIF, Goth, but some GIF, people say GIF. Right. GIF. <laughs> or I like how they made my that name is joke, Jeff. which was good. So. Um, was there a, a gnome? Auto gnome? Auto gnome is, is a mechanical one? constructed gnome. There yeah. you go. And then the Hadoozy are flying monkey people. Yeah, flying um, monkey people. It might have been six, though. I think I might be missing one. But chat, I don't know. Um, I thought those were all cool. Those all sound super. I've been wanting to play a plasmoid, yeah, basically a slime-style character for so, so long. We talked about it, I don't know, in so many different shows, and we thought we should just put one out on <laughs> DM's Guild or something because it was such a cool idea that I Well, you know, when I was like making... Um, when I was actively writing Module D6, the RPG mm -hmm. I was trying to do... Uh, you you had a really good question where you're just like okay well I'm gonna I'm gonna right off the get go before I even read your rules I'm gonna tell you what I want to play and you tell me if I can make it in your game and I was like okay and you yeah. said I want to be a shape changing like goo and I'm like you can't but now I have to come up with that so that's kind of yeah. it's pretty interesting yeah. I want to yeah because I wanted it to be like this amoeba but fit in clothes yeah makes and hands that's exactly and what does we got, stuff so. yeah yeah, yeah. That's, 
so good. You can like shape um, change, but you still look it. like a news. You're not like a an Odo yeah. from Star Trek yeah. or something. Uh, yeah. And maybe you can hold it just long enough to do like a facial expression, or you could mimic oh, yeah. somebody for a second, but then you go back to your. Well, your that's all flavor too. So yeah, that'd be cool. Totally yeah, yeah. Come up so that. yeah, that just that alone had me excited. So I'm excited for this. This this is a definite buy for me. Um, I think people. I didn't see a price there, but I know on chat that was one of the first things people were talking about when the show got over. Was people are trying to find prices. I don't know. Seventy dollars on Amazon. That's that's. Um, which makes me think it's going to be like 90, but in stores, but I don't, I don't know. I wonder if it's on their website actually. And I know maybe one of the comments you made, and I don't know if your research brought this up yet, or if somebody in chat will be able to answer, did they ever indicate or have they indicated after the show, maybe through Twitter or something that you'll be able to get the books individually or it's only going to be sold as the set you're only going to do it as the three. I don't know. Uh, and, and that's yeah. actually what I wanted to bring it up because so it's going to be three books. It's a box set with a dungeon master screen. Um, mm-hmm. So this really does feel like a, Hey, do you want to play in this world? Here's the way to do it. Here's the dungeon master screen. Here's the monsters. Here's everything else. Um, as opposed to previous editions, like when Eberron came out, there was an Eberron um, dungeon master screen, but you had to buy it separate. And so I, I like that this is kind of like, if I want to do this, I'm, I'm all in, in a way. Uh, but customers like the ability to pick and choose. And you're right, if I'm, if I'm a player and I just want to pick up like the new player options, can I buy just one of the books? Mm-hmm. So the three books in this slip cover case are mm-hmm. each 64 pages long. Uh, very, I think the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide is like 89 pages long. So that was a bit much for like, and so we have three of these, but in perspective, the fifth edition Dungeon Master's Guide is 320 pages. Like this easily could have been one book. Like they, they very purposely split it up. Mm -hmm. And so by splitting it up, it makes me think that they will sell it individually as at some point, maybe the beginning is just. Uh, you can only get it as a box set, and then mm-hmm. six months down the line, we'll sell it individually. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I thought that was curious because I'm like, this could have been one book, guys. Like, you didn't have to do this. <laughs> like, you did. Like, Eberron had well, Eberron's adventure is really short, but like, Eberron had monster adventure settings and new class options, and you know, Theros had monster settings, new class options. So, like, why mm-hmm. is this one? Why why go in this direction? Uh, but I was talking with Lex, actually, of all people, and we were commenting on the old school essentials Kickstarter that finished recently, and mm. they split up all of their books. So here's just the druid spells, and here's just the fighter options, and here's monsters, and here's equipment, and here's this. Uh, and it's purposely done for that so that you can take those books and be like, oh, like I have the book right now because I'm looking up, like Rules. I don't know, Drow. But, yeah. oh, you need the spells? It's actually this book, and you can hand it to people. And so it's more user-friendly at a table. Part yeah, of me thought maybe that was it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could I see that. Be able to show the monsters or, you know, like people could just see the, the artwork while you still have yeah, the or, the or adventures I'm not, still behind the, the screen part. I think they're right. underestimating how much uh, desk space I have when I play the game. That could be. <laughs> uh, because I like the idea of having two or three books open so I can reference everything, but I do not have that much space on my table. So uh, right. it'll be interesting. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm very excited. Like I I think this is really cool. Uh, there are some major changes they're making to Spelljammer to make it fit in with 5e and their cosmology. Um, for mm-hmm. those of you who know, 2e Spelljammer, everything was crystal spheres, which are these giant bubbles floating in this weird uh, flammable uh, substance called the phlogiston. And uh, I guess Chris Perkins said that they're, they got rid of the phlogiston. They're like, we just got rid of it. Like, there's no reason to have it. It doesn't fit in our current um, astral plane kind of uh, cosmology that they've created for 5e. So they're not doing that. And instead, you're going to sail through the astral plane. Um, and that seems fine to me. And it also opens up some astral plane kind of... Uh, places to go like the dead god that they hinted at uh yeah. that is an astral plane thing where the gith yankee live on this ancient dead god and have created like a whole society there and i thought that was kind of cool so i'm excited for that because it just means we get more interesting stuff mm-hmm. and maybe space travel is less about uh distance and planets and things like that but more about the journey which is I'm all for that. It's not necessarily like, oh, well, to get there, it's going to be, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So I, I think this will be – I'm excited at what they're doing with it. And if you don't like the rules, then go ahead and use the old 2E rules. Nobody's stopping you for that. So Right. <laughs> like, it's completely fine. Um, I just – I don't know. I feel like 64 pages is really short. and But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that that uh, Light of Zarius, which is the adventure, mm-hmm. this is interesting. It's an adventure – of 12 episodes. Um, so it sounds like it's going to be 12 or 13-ish sessions. Because an episode from what Chris Perkins was saying was going to be like two to four hours of gameplay. Right, right. Um, and it's going to have a cliffhanger. Yeah, and so it feels like it's going to be one of those uh, like serialized TV shows. Like at the end mm-hmm. of every Doctor Who, like is he going to survive? And then we find out in the next episode that he's fine. Right. Uh, but the level range is 5 to 18. So I haven't seen, aside from Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which I kind of don't count because it's not really, I don't know, maybe, I guess I should count it. That one goes to 20, but we we haven't seen uh, an adventure go above uh, 15 in a long time. Right. I want to say. The average and is starting like at 5 is good, too, because yeah. a lot of people like to start their campaigns right about that spot. Yeah. Some people have been, you know, I've seen and have been a part of many campaigns that skip over 1 through 3 to get if people you're into not, their characters yeah. and... If you're not um, a new player, I like veteran players. I always want to start at level five because I like that's where that's where things click and it's more fun for me. Right. So I like <laughs> level five. Uh, but along with that, they're going to release a um, intro adventure for free. This is again mm-hmm. another way of getting you to sign up for D and D Beyond, which I think like most everybody I know already is. So it's like whatever. Uh, but I like <laughs> free stuff. And so a free adventure that intros people to the world of Spelljammer and probably does the one to five really easy so that you can then buy the box set and keep playing is the idea. Yeah. So. Well, and it's Spelljammer, so it's not like it's um. it's a campaign about traveling distances. So I could see why that might be less than, hey, we're building a whole new world and we have to tell you about the whole new world you're going to visit because they're not really doing that. This is more a book about traveling to different worlds right and all the rules in there and the things that they're going to have contained in it is more about getting between them they didn't say like hey we're gonna 
we're going to mention in that book five new worlds that you can play on or anything like that. They didn't give us any Oh, yeah, no. But this will set up the multiverse idea. So I I think now, um, using the Spelljammer rules and the astral... I was about to say Astral Sea, but that was a 4ET. The Astral Plane being the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll be able to visit Eberron, and you'll be able to visit uh, the Forgotten Realms, and Dragonlance, which is coming up. So Kryn will be available and stuff like that. I don't know how detailed they're going to make everything. Like, you talk about, like, okay, this is 64 pages <laughs> for the entire Spelljam campaign setting. Well, I just finished a video on the Dragonlance solar system and that supplements like a hundred pages from 2e so i'm kind of like like how much information could you have on each planet in crin space or realm space yeah. or you know eberron has no planets it's just eberron but uh i don't know i'm i'm just, i'm curious i'm curious how they're gonna handle suns uh yeah. they did say in the book that uh you're gonna get a double-sided poster map of rock of brawl which is Rock of Brawl was a um, giant asteroid that has a city on it. And it was kind of like a, a hub to go to uh, with that was unique to the world of Spelljammer. So it sounds like Rock of Brawl will be kind of like your, a potential home base. And I bet you'll get a lot of information about that city. But I don't think you're going to get a lot of information on the Forgotten Realms. You're not no, going to get a lot of information on Eberron. Like, yeah. you're kind of expected to go buy that book and then... You can fly to Eberron and, you know, or you can fly to wherever you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I wonder if that's why it is smaller than the others, because it the only way to make it bigger is to start adding in campaign information or world information. But if they're going to do that in a campaign book that they release for that, yeah. you to go to. Like, I, I wonder if Dragonlance is going to no be reason to put book. that in. Yeah, there's no reason to put that in the spell genre. So maybe the whole point was to keep that small, knowing that when you as a DM are going to pick the worlds you're going to run your campaign on, you would be using the books from those campaign worlds for the meat of the campaign world or the planet or the, you know, the, the stuff that's going on there. I think it's interesting. I love it. I'm glad we're getting it. Um, I'm sure we must have like ship rules and ship combat rules. And it sounds like there's some better ones or different ones or newer ones. Maybe they'll talk about, are there um, logistics to running ships, you know, or is there stuff? You I would love to see of, like, okay, if you know? you're, if you're in charge of the spell jamming helm, like you're in charge of propulsion, but then I want to say like, like you're the, you're the Jordy of engineering. Uh, but then we need a captain to actually like steer and give orders or something like that. Right. You need weapons. Like I want to, I want, yeah. us. I want are to be able to assign a bridge crew, crew to my players. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to yeah. do, you know? Yeah. So be very interesting. This is a fit so good into <clears throat> Coville's when he did his um the chain campaign. He started it out with them escaping a city. They got on a ship that was basically a spell jamming ship that mm-hmm. bumped into a mind flayer spell jamming ship and they had to board it and fight and I was like that's so cool. That's that's the kind of D&D I remember and love. You know, like that's the cool thing. And then just the idea of Bree having the different types of ships that you could run into. You could run into a, an orc ship. You could run into a mind flayer ship. You yeah. could run into a gith ship. You could run into, you know, a... Um, elves you know, and anything gnomes that's and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was the sixth one. Space elves, right? There was, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Space you know elves were the astral yeah. elves. Astral elves. That's what it was. 
Yeah, I wonder so, how they'll be different. Cool. But yeah, the the Elven Armada is huge in Spelljammer. Like they they have a yeah. they're very militaristic, which is not like necessarily I'm going to conquer every world, but like they have mm-hmm. they have a they're called the Armada for a reason. Like they have all of the power. Yeah. Um and just hazards. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was like a, a mimic through... asteroid that yeah, asteroid like it looks stuff. like an asteroid, but it's actually like a giant yeah, creature funny. that comes to life and eats you. And I was like, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very cool. The monsters look really cool. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited and I was talking to Harlan from, oh, he yeah. runs the spell jammer campaign setting better or spell jamming live play called better than heroes. Um, mm-hmm. and I was a guest on it. I played a gift Yankee warlock. It was fun, but, uh, he was like, what? And so I was just like, man, <laughs> people, you need to start listening to better than heroes right now. So you can get your spell jammer fix in before August hits. And yeah, and he was thankful for the publicity, but it's a really good podcast. He has some mm-hmm. uh, funny comedians that he is doing the uh, better than heroes podcast with, which is arguably I'm going to, I love my friends, but it's arguably better than just like, I'm going to get my best friends together and record a podcast. Like these are like people who are kind of trained to be funny and Uh, they're also friends and they do a good job. It's one of the reasons I think critical role does such a good job. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because they're also trained entertainers. They're entertainers. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I don't know much about the light of Zarius. I mean, we don't know anything really, but uh, three books, 64 pages, $70. I'm game. The, Um, have you seen the, the Hydro 64 alternate art? No, I'll have to look that up. Uh, sure. Very cool. Uh, the one of them is a gifts a gifts face, so the hippo face, mm-hmm. um, and the monster one is the giant space hamster, which we saw oh, a yeah. preview of a long time yeah. ago. It was like a rough sketch of the Hydro sixty four, mm-hmm. uh, and I forget the last one. I don't remember, oh, but they're I all the Hydra same covers. kind of like the Icewind Dale book. Like all yeah. the Hydro covers kind of look the same, uh, yeah. or they have that same style, which is a really cool yeah. style. So That's very cool. So we got that announcement. Um, they announced like uh, more figs and stuff from WizKids. So that, that made sense that they were going to, you know, put out figures and figurines and things that you can buy pre-painted. The ones that we've been seeing that they've been putting out, um, what do they call them? Legends of? The Hidden Temple? Legends of, I think, that or the icons of something. There's like a name for the mini line. And then they put out the icons. of Yeah, Spelljammer icons or something like yeah. that. It's the Spelljammer line for WizKids. Yeah. yeah. So, and they had monstrous big ones. They were, the Astral they were, Dreadnought looked yeah, so there cool. there you go. They had um, a lot of uh, ships too. Yeah. Um, but I was talking with like DM In different Nathan. scale. Well, that was the thing is I was talking yeah. to DM Nathan and, and he was like, I want like a big ship. And I was <laughs> like, I... I wonder, and he's like, yeah, I think they're going to be, like, small so that you can have your, like, tactical grid stuff. And I was like, I bet. And I WizKids bet made, uh, back when WizKids was still sending me minis, uh, mm. I think they stopped because I didn't really know how to review them. And I don't have a YouTube <laughs> channel that reviews minis. So they were like, well, we're not going to send you anymore. But they sent me a bunch of Pathfinder minis that were little ships like that. Or, sorry, Starfinder minis that mm-hmm. were those little ships that you can then use those ships on your hex grid and actually like have a combat um that could be cool i don't know we'll see but like the i like the idea of having my big ship you know run up against another and we can actually have people jumping between ship to ship to try to take over and a big yeah, i bet they i bet cool. somebody somewhere makes some of the big ones where you can actually move your minis around yeah them. or well, there's some wooden ones like i have a wooden yeah. um water ship mm-hmm. and wizards made WizKids actually made that big galleon ship that you could mm-hmm. use uh, but like, I mean, 
we all want like a big nautiloid kind of tentacle yeah, ship. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. <laughs> uh, but the Astral Dreadnought, I think that's their big fancy one for the set, and it it's got to be like two hundred dollars. I bet it looks so big. Oh, all cool. of those things seem pretty expensive. Um, <laughs> but a lot of them look really neat. Uh, gosh, I want that set so bad. I'm not a mini person until I start seeing all of the the specific ones. Like when the Eberron mm-hmm. ones came out, I was like, oh, I want those. Or ah, so cool, but. Expensive just to be able to hobby. Put them out on your table. Expensive <laughs> hobby. Yeah. And then um, they, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Yep. Well, it was like they were they were adding lots of different products or lots of things. Something I didn't realize they were going to announce. Um, you know, the movie. I didn't. I had no idea they were going to even talk anything about the movie. And not that they really gave us a ton of stuff, but even to bring it up and really confirm. I mean, we've kind of heard it through articles and tweets and websites but i've they've never put it out on their page i thought that there's a movie right yeah i don't think so i don't think wizards just has directly interviews talked and about stuff it. we knew about it but this was actually a presentation of mostly from my my like hollywood news feeds i was hearing about right. the D movie uh not from wizards directly but they they did rap filming chris pines mm-hmm. in it michelle rodriguez is in it uh they have they've finished filming um and so it's in post-production, which can take a while if you're doing a lot of green screen. Um, I really love those directors and writers, uh, John Francis Daly specifically. He he knows about the hobby and makes really good movies in general. So I'm, I'm confident yeah, I'm that it's going to be cool, uh, especially with him. Um, and then they did a teaser trailer, which really was just to show the title of the movie, which is yeah. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Uh, an interview I read later from John Francis Daly, he did say it's set on the Sword Coast, so it's in the Forgotten Realms. Oh, yes! Um, and yeah. its release date is, like, May 2023. So they want it to be a summer blockbuster. Um, and that's next year. And that's, that's next year. That's way quicker so. than I thought. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe we'll start to see trailers and stuff. If they've if they've finished filming, that's when they start to probably cut that stuff to start sending that kind of thing out. So that's interesting. I'm interested to see. Now, it's obvious that I wouldn't have super high hopes. That's what I would tell everybody because we know Dungeons and Dragons movies have let us down in the past, not being very quality. So don't put your bar so high for this one that when you do go see it, it just can't even make your bar. Maybe set your bar really low so that if it is good or even really good it's just going to surpass that yeah. that's, that's well and those point. movies were bad <laughs> because the the company that owned oh. the license for D movies was not a good movie company like it's not <laughs> like they were paramount where they made really good movies and really bad movies like that company yeah. only made bad movies um and so that's why i have high hopes because john francis daly is uh he's a nerd and he's like really cool and mm-hmm. i and he's also a very talented writer and director and i think uh him and his his uh, uh, work partner, I forget the other director writer name, but the two of them together, like I don't know, it's it's like uh, like the Russo brothers really love Marvel, I, yeah, and yeah. you know they 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 were given a shot with Winter Soldier and they made the best Marvel movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in my like that's my favorite I Winter agree. Soldier like I love Winter's it so much. my favorite yeah that they they know the formula of we just need to make a movie involving these characters and not try to reinvent a genre. Like 
I have to make a superhero movie. Well, superhero Mm -hmm. isn't really the genre you think it is. Instead, you're going to make a really cool spy movie using Captain America, (laughs) you know? And it's like, oh, okay. Like, that sounds kind of fun. I'm going to make a a heist movie, a comedy heist movie using Ant-Man. Like, they're kind of (laughs) figuring out what they're doing with that. So I have high hopes. But again, if you don't want to get your hopes up, uh, don't be like me. That's fine. Yeah, don't. I'm just saying, don't set your expectations so high that you you get disappointed. Like, keep it low. And if it's good, you're just gonna be like, yes, it was good, cool. I'm not mad. <laughs> it's uh, they not teased, Oscar worthy. <laughs> they teased Dragonlance uh, with a setting book and a board game. Um, I don't know anything about the board game. Uh, the setting was literally just the word Dragonlance. So we'll we'll see where that comes from. Yeah, I think and- they. They said actually later on that it's going to take place during a certain war uh, that if you've read the novels, you understand what that means. But I have only read one Dragonlance novel, so I was unfamiliar with if that's cool or not. But Yeah, and, and board game may not even be the right definition for it. They showed a box with a, a artwork on it, but it also could contain, because I, I know I saw somewhere else on Twitter where they talked about it might have rules for armies to fight or large units of things mm-hmm. to fight each other. So maybe that's like a box set of battle rules or something like, you know, um, kingdoms and warfare kind of stuff that you would have got from Coville. Um, so maybe they're building some type of army fight system that you can also then plug in your D&D characters. Well, and, and I was wondering if it's you could plug in your miniatures. Yeah, You know, because if they're like, hey, if you buy this mini, we have corresponding stats to this mini. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we're we're playing uh, Warhammer. But (laughs) yeah, but it's their version. Why not? And so why why not? not? Like, (laughs) Um, so that's interesting. That was the surprise for me. I always thought they weren't going to touch Dragonlance, but I was wrong. They uh, they continue to do it. They're making products on it, even if they had, you know, a a I don't know an argument a fight a disagreement with the original authors before it gets worked out you know that because if if the authors don't say or put up a fight I guess at that point or or complain that book series just goes away they just basically cancel it right I mean they're just like we don't really want you to write any more books so I just find it's interesting that it's all changed you know that they are going to put out books for it and they are going to well, I think that's to also hype up the the setting and the board game and everything else. Like they have that. So, uh, but you're right. Like Wizards of the Coast owns all of Dragonlance. Like, but that's the same thing with you know Dritz, and they want Ra Salvatore to write more Forgotten Realms. You know, Dritz right? Books. But they told those authors like, we're not going to approve your scripts anymore. That's a clear sign of saying we don't want you to write. Yeah, we've talked about this before, and you don't understand yeah. what actually happened. Like, you keep oh. thinking that they were like, hey, we've got a book, and then Wizards forbid them to publish that book. No, and, that's not what I thought. Oh, okay. Well. No, they the complaint was they were sending in the revisions and the writings, and Wizards was saying, we're not, we're not going to do any of the revisions or writing. We're not releasing the book. Correct. So we're so, not going to... They hired yeah. those people to write another Dragonlance novel, or three of them. Three. And then they sent in the first drafts, and Wizards was using a loophole to say, you're not uh, doing X, Y, and Z, so we're canceling the project. And it was kind of a way, from my understanding, of like getting out of paying them, but still having the rough draft. 
And w- the way I interpreted it is that they were going to, because they said like you, the complaint was, is that the Hickmans did not live up to their end of the contract because they didn't do the revisions or something like that from my understanding. And so then the Hickmans like sued and were like, hey, Hasbro, like you can't do that because we did live up to it. You didn't give us enough time to do X, Y, and Z. And then they settled out of court and we don't know what happened, but the books are coming out. So hmm. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. But okay. I, I'm going to look that up again. <laughs> we can look it up. Because that, that, that implies had their plan gone to fruition that somebody at Wizards and Wizards the board and Wizards the people said, we're going to use a loophole that we found and we're not going to pay a couple of authors, but yet we're going to get their settings and we're going to release their books. And that was their plan. Thinking the Hickmans will never complain. That's the plan. Uh, that's the lawyer loophole that lawyers come up with. That's and not so that like wizards people. Work. That's a lawyer. That's a lawyer <laughs> yeah. doing lawyer crap that nobody likes lawyers. There's a reason. <laughs> so I just find that weird that they would. Li- I, I don't know. I think I want to look that up again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look it up. I mean, I, I will fully admit if I'm wrong, uh, because it was, I, I it was unclear because everything was closed deals behind a back door. Yeah, we don't actually, that's know. true. And if they settle out, I think they can keep it private. They don't necessarily. Oh, and that, it. that's what happened. They just said, yeah. we settled. They never went to court. So it was like, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think Ted did an interview with the Hickman. So, uh, you can go to his channel and look, but I don't know if I'm they actually were allowed to talk about that or if they were just like, we want to talk about the world and stuff like that. So, um, cool. a couple of other little license things that came out were uh, campaign cases that contain terrain and monster tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, I mean, this is kind of cool. The The idea is like, it's got a handle and stuff, but the idea is that I can take this on the go. And mm-hmm. instead of lugging around a ton of miniatures, I have uh, like stickers that I can, reusable stickers that I can put mm-hmm. on little tokens. And then these tokens can be our monsters at the table. Um, yeah. Not a bad idea. I don't know how great the, idea. the stickers will, how reusable they are. Um, I'm curious about the quality of this, but uh, it is the D&D 5e art on there. So you look at it and you're like, that's a kobold. I know that's a, I know mm-hmm. that's a goblin. I know that's a screaming mm-hmm. flame skull. Like I know that. Um, and then they came out with some terrain, which is not a large foldable map, but rather individual tiles. Um, and again, it has that same texture quality or whatever where you can slap these stickers on them reusable stickers to Mm -hmm. make like a fire pit or a cavern or something like that um these were getting a lot of flack in my circles because people were like well i don't like that i want to draw i want to do this and i think you can probably dry erase draw on these i could be wrong wow i would think it'd be a great in my mind i'm thinking this is a perfect kind of i'm going to conventions or i'm going to an event I don't want to bring five cases. Like you can't bring all your cases of, you know, miniatures on the airplane because we want to play a campaign in the hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But you could bring something like this. That would be a nice portable, easy to use, could play games. Maybe you don't use it for all of your gaming stuff, but you would be great for convention play or like an event play kind of thing. So I I also like the idea that it's modular little tiles so yeah. I can build the dungeon as I go, as opposed to, uh, oh, do you like? Do you want to explore over there? I'll then put another tile down. So you're, 
you're not trying to hide the whole thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I draw the whole map and then I feel like I'm, I'm covering it up with books and stuff so that the players don't know, but they right, know because they can see like something's under there. So this could be a cool idea of doing that. But lately we've been doing 3d terrain with dungeon dwarven forge and whiz kids. Uh, so not the product for me necessarily, but sure. I could see it being, I, I think it's a fine product. Like, and it reminds and I like, me, I used a little bit of those, uh, those, those RPG, those D and D four E games that came out. There was like the legend of Dritz and castle Ravenloft. And mm-hmm. those came with minis, but they also came with tiles. And the idea of that game is that you would shuffle the tiles. And then when I would go to a new tile in the game, you would pick a random one and build a random map. And so in this way, you could kind of do the same thing. Like you could draw on them and, and put stickers on them or something. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I also like the idea, to me, it's kind of a, I, if this, I don't know if this is how they thought of it, but like, I like the idea that you have expensive way to play, medium spending money way to play, spend less money to play, kind of like you have different options. You're not just stuck with, oh, I want to do, you know, I want to play at the table with miniatures. So I have to go buy you know, 3D train, like you're talking about, like Forgecraft stuff, that stuff's super expensive. But if I have a map that has photorealistic stuff on it, that's another way. Or I could just put out going cheaper is here's your spreadsheet or your um, graph paper and you just draw on it, right? So you you have every option available to you based on what you think your your budget is for the yeah. game that you want to play. So no, I think that's I kind of cool options. These monster tokens, great for... Yeah. any fantasy rpg honestly and i would love to use these for adventure league or yeah. um when i run games at the store for dungeon crawl classics go ahead and take a drink uh these are also mm. like a great option so i think, I think that's cool yeah. we'll see we'll see right. i'm sure lots of people will get them there will be reviews of like oh it's worth it it's not worth it so you know sure um and i th- that oh and then there was a new starter box set well, it's uh, the yeah. one we've talked about. Yeah. It's the one we've seen the picture of, but it was an official. Like, that was the first time I saw it officially. And they did mention, like, it's different than the other one. Um, it's more streamlined, I think. They're they're learning, like, yeah. this is a better intro to D&D, yeah. so we'll see. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I know another big announcement. We didn't write it in our notes, but I know it's a big push they were making about making books in different languages and releasing them in, in different countries. So Which they I was showed, surprised. Like, four or five. They were yeah. like, hey, we're finally releasing this, like, six-year-old book in French and I'm like you haven't done that yet like that that feels weird like French is a very popular language in Canada and France obviously so like I would (laughs) think that you would have but okay maybe not so yeah I don't know how difficult it is to translate a book especially rules because you have to make sure that the rules translate the idea across uh that's got to be difficult wording's yeah. probably very difficult for that yeah. imagine mordekainen's tome of foes and then when you read that in german you read that in france french it was it was interesting to see how that was yeah yeah i like that so i still i want to get uh japanese versions of all the 5e yeah, books i think that cool. would be a lot of fun just to have <laughs> yeah i, I, I just want them I just think they're cool <laughs> like the con you know, those characters that yeah. style of, yeah yeah the yeah. kanji on it and you got a big dragon and it's like yeah. dungeons and dragons <laughs> like, yes i don't think that's so exciting i love it so i think that's all that they announced i feel like right after that was done i thought Ray in tweeting said there's still one more announce coming, but I didn't know if he if he 
had posted that tweet in the middle of the show was going on and he was referencing Dragonlance at the end because they really put that piece right at the very end. Mm-hmm. Or if he had posted that tweet, I, I didn't see the timing on it. I only read it about an hour later when I was looking at stuff. And he said, there's still one more announcement coming. So I don't know if that was during the show he said that or if there is actually another another announcement. Yeah, coming. he did say that see... Spelljammer was one of the three classic settings that he was talking about. Yeah. So I'm assuming Dragonlance, Dragonlance is the other two. of two of the three. So what is the third? I'm not sure. Mm. So here's my question to Jordan. We talked about everything we did see. What surprised you that we didn't see? Like they didn't announce or, or they mm. didn't give us or they. Oh, I guess like a, a virtual tabletop with D&D Beyond. For some reason, I was thinking that that was like, hey, we acquired this. And guess what? You're now going to be able to. Here's something. Like you're going to be able to have your minis on D&D Beyond because we're going to have a, a VTT mm-hmm. integrated with it specifically. Uh, right. And I still believe that's coming. Like that's the very logical choice for D&D Beyond is to. To mm-hmm. not have you leave their site to go to roll twenty, um, or to go to whatever you know they why not just keep it all there? Uh, but maybe it's just not ready yet, or maybe they're saving that for later. Or I don't know. Maybe yeah, like lots of things could be. Or next, there. maybe they're buying roll twenty and they'll roll that into D uh, and yeah, well, and then you've got the full you got the full gambit. <laughs> I, we we were talking about that uh, like Lex and I and some other people, but like yeah. do you, I don't think roll twenty wants to sell. And, they might not. But. And Wizards doesn't want to own, or they don't want to support a VTT for non-D&D role-playing games. Now, that I think is true. Let's talk about this. I was curious, because I'm like, well, Wizards of the Coast bought, or Hasbro bought D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Did they get... Um, did they Dude. get Cortex and Dragon Prince? There you go, guys. We were talking about this. I and I was like... I. No, wait, because that was kind of wrapped into the whole thing, I thought. Uh, That's what D&D Beyond was going to do. I literally got an advertisement that was like, check out Cortex by Dragon Prince, uh, built by fandom, blah, blah, blah. So that was left out. They only got... Oh, fandom didn't They got D&D Beyond. Um, I think the majority of those coders and programmers they got as well. But they also... uh, But yeah, part of the contract was like, oh, well, yeah, and I... I can only think of Wizards of the Ghost saying, I don't want Cortex. Like, I have my own game designers. Like, I don't want to buy your system. Like, if we're going to build a Dragon Prince game, I'm going to use my in-house game architects. I'm not going to I'm not going to go to you. Uh, or I'm not going to buy that. So, uh, I'm curious. Really? I would like, love to know. But yeah, so apparently Fandom still owns Cortex, uh, and they still own uh, the Dragon Prince. Or they have that Dragon Prince IP, and we'll see where that goes. So... Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so that was the only thing that you, so you thought you would see a VTT supplement I mean, or uh, advertisement or tie-in. Yeah. Well, I just thought that there would be a, a virtual tabletop. I remember Roll, I Roll20 said that they had like an announcement too, but I didn't hear it. But I assume it's just, we're getting Spelljammer books for Roll20 now. I'm so. totally surprised we have not seen a Magic the Gathering tie-in book. I thought we would see one or it would be announced by now because we feel like we've been getting one, one a year. Yeah, and we have, but Strixhaven, when did that come out? November? Um, it makes more sense that they're going to hype up Spelljammer for the summer, and then maybe there will be a Magic the Gathering tie-in Yeah, uh, yeah, it still could December, come, again. but that's kind of what I so. didn't, in the place of where I thought Dragonlance was, is I thought that's oh. where they were going to do the 
the the announcement of like the the Magic the Gathering tie-in. Um, I'm surprised it was a box set. I kind of thought we would get another. I really, I guess we did in the box set because there's there's monsters there. But I, I kept thinking we were due for a monster book, so I kept thinking they were going to maybe well, announce I think another type the... of Mordenkainen. Yeah. If you if you or... have to, well, remember the multiverse Mordenkainen's multiverse monsters mm-hmm. or whatever that book is called. I'm, it's not out yet. It's going to be out next month, I think. But yeah, um, that's coming out. Or it's yeah. already released with the box set, but and that's old monsters becoming new monsters and things like that. But uh, also with this monster compendium and releasing digital monsters online, I don't, I don't think they need to. And there's so many yeah. other companies making monster books now too. That I mean, Colville's monster book is at over a million dollars, and so it makes sense now that you say all that. But we didn't know about the compendium. We didn't know about all of those things when they were getting ready for. Oh yeah, yeah. This so, show. If you're, know, yeah, if you're surprised yeah. that you didn't see that, but I, I guess I'm trying I'm, to yeah, say, that's like, what I'm saying now. It makes hindsight, sense. <laughs> I understand why. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so that was the only other thing I could think of because I couldn't think. I didn't think we were due or getting ready, or they were going to announce like a whole other book of subclasses. Um, but I felt like maybe a monster book or a setting book that was tie-in. I really thought Spelljammer was getting announced, so that I'm yeah. glad I was right that. But um, that was probably the only thing I did. And I'm oh, they did announce a live show that's playing on the YouTube and the Twitch. Yeah, D and D's Twitch. So with some yeah. you know celebrities that you've seen that are quite normally tied to Dungeons. And yeah, Dragons this brand. was interesting because I think they 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 leaned heavily towards let's get streamer celebrities, mm-hmm. not movie celebrities. So it's like, you know, Patton Oswald. I love Patton Oswald, but it's like, let's put him in a game. And he doesn't, he fits very well, but he's also just, he's Patton Oswald. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not the same uh, mentality or like Jack Black. You know, they, they were getting these celebrities yeah. that are uh, Kevin Smith who are willing to play D&D, but though, I feel like those never really worked out how they wanted. So now they're like, you know, Deborah Ann Wool, let's get her. Uh, it's brendan or brandon he's the college humor guy that he's apparently his yeah. podcast is blowing up so they have him um abria i think is on there right abria was yeah there, so yeah. they're getting the people that are popular jenny huh jenny oh jenny, jenny d that's right that's yeah, right yeah i saw yeah i remember i saw her picture that's really cool and after her big uh like her being jester with jester on uh critical role i was like okay yeah you're in you're in the super limelight now you're probably gonna get offered a lot of stuff so uh that's really cool Very it'll be fun so that, that was the other show so they announced mm-hmm. that um and then that was it i felt like it was shorter than i thought it was gonna be yeah i mean those those streaming events were always like three hours if not more and yeah. this was just like a 45 minute kind of concise trailer but i liked it yeah. more because i got the information i wanted without having to listen about cookbooks right. so right but we're I'm like i don't care about cookbooks <laughs> to get like a whole weekend of stuff like they're doing they set up an event yeah where they're going to announce stuff but they're also doing live games all day and then shows and then mm-hmm. events and then it, it, a concert and you know like it was like it was like a three-day event for them and this was down to was it an hour? Was it? I don't even think it was an hour. 
No, I think it was like yeah, 40 50 minutes, but it was straight yeah. up a just done. It was a no direct. mention of a this live This is the Nintendo show. way of things now. Or yeah, like, no yeah. mention of we're going to be at Gen Con come see us, no nope. mention of we have our own convention, you guys should all get buy tickets and come in. None of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I wonder but if they're not PAX doing... is happening and they are at PAX. So Yeah. PAX. Well, is... they do go to other ones, but they also have been a company who's I think I thought was maybe thinking about doing their own big convention, have everybody come to them. Right? Um, like PaizoCon does uh, their own convention. I think even DCC might have its own convention, or, or Goodman Games might even run its own convention. No, like, they don't. Are you sure? I'm very sure. You're very sure. <laughs> um, but uh, I know Hasbro tried to do HasbroCon. Um, it wasn't called that, but there was only one of them ever. And it didn't do well enough, and so they never did it again. Uh, but I think D&D is at a point now where if they don't label it Hasbro Con, and they just label it like Dungeons & Dragons Con, and then sneak other Hasbro stuff in there because Hasbro owns it, like, yeah, they not? should do that. Um, I I don't know where you heard that, because I haven't heard that they're doing any kind of a convention. Like, they're they're just, like, no, piggybacking on would. with... No, I thought they would. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought they would. But where's would the because... rumor for that? Like, why did you think no, that? No, 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 because they're not going to some of the bigger ones, and I thought maybe that's because... And they have made their own kind of events, but they were for people who could buy, you know, it was only for a couple hundred people that could get enough tickets and then that was it. There's, yeah. there's nothing that says they couldn't have done a convention that would have sold a thousand tickets and it would have mm-hmm. been 10,000 tickets or whatever. So I kind of thought they were leaning towards that. We'll do our own. We don't need to go to other people's. People come to us is kind of the way I was thinking of it because they stopped going to Gen Cons as a booth. They, they're at PAX, but they're not there at PAX as a booth. They're not at some of the... The only booth I've seen was GaryCon, where they had a table set up once. And that was the only time I had even seen Wizards of the Coast tables set up. Um, and they had all the... But the are you forgetting about there. all the live games, the acquisitions no, no, those are all, games? That's, like... that, but that's not the same as... That's attending a, a con. That's not being a vendor at the con with a big booth where you're selling all your merchandise like... Why be a vendor? I guess I don't understand the why appeal not? of that. That doesn't. Well, why does everybody else do it if there's no appeal to it? Because they're selling things, but Wizards doesn't have. They have ninety percent of the market. They don't have to have a booth to sell you things. Like they're going to have a giant main stage show at a beautiful theater in Seattle, and then you're going to go home and buy D and D stuff. But if you said that, then Paizo wouldn't spend the money they did for the gigantic, enormous booth they buy. Paizo is 10% of the market, if or not. Or the biggest board game that's out there that's not a, a tabletop RPG. Why are we arguing about things? this? It I don't makes know. no sense I, to I, me. I find it seems <laughs> like, weird that you don't I don't. Think. <laughs> I don't think having a booth means that you've made it in the industry, and you kind of think that it does. Like, you're surprised no. that this company that's made it in the industry, why don't you have a booth? And I'm like, they've transcended booth. They don't need it. Paizo needs that. They need to go to Gen Con. I think you're wrong. I think they sell quite a bit without having to do that. And I think the, I think that's, I think you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree to disagree, sir. <laughs> uh, they Con, don't need to go. I will good, agree with that, what you're saying there. They don't have to go, but it surprises me they don't want to or be a part of the community in that way. I Well, I think they're... I think hubris is keeping them from wanting to do that. I think they want people to think they are the community. And that's, that's another argument or that's another conversation. That's like putting a whole thing Um, on them that I think is not right either. Well, I think that's another conversation is just like (laughs) D and D the wizards wants you to say, 
uh, hey, I made this thing for the world's greatest role-playing game. Paizo specifically will only call it the world's oldest role-playing game. Even though Wizards has asked all of these third-party people that you have to call it world's best role-playing game. I've never and, heard that. Yeah. And so if you look at yeah. a lot of these third-party supplements that use the SRD, they say like, hey, this is made for the world's greatest role-playing game. Wow. I never And Paizo's like, I don't want to say that because I don't think you are the greatest. Yeah. I think you're just the most well-known. <laughs> and so uh, for them to – I think I think there's a lot of hubris at uh, Wizards of the Coast. And I think they know that they're the biggest guy in town, and they're going to hold that – as long as they can through whatever means they can. Um, and not going to Gen Con, having a booth at Gen Con, like not having that is like saying we're, we don't have to in a way. Like, like I don't know, like Paizo has to show up and has to have a presence at Gen Con for them to be like, well, I don't need to. Like, I don't know. Now to have Wizards say, we're going to create our own convention. That is something that I think I could see them doing in the future where they're like, we're going to transcend Gen Con and have our own convention and only invite publishers that are willing to do content for D and D. That seems like a more, that's how we started the conversation. That's exactly what I said. I know, but then and you were I thought saying, we'd get an announcement for it. Yeah. But you were going on and on about, July. about booths. <laughs> and I don't understand why booths were so important to you. <laughs> I was only because you said, why would they do a convention? And I would say because they don't go to these other places anymore, they would have their own. Okay. And everybody would come to them. It's all come full circle. Yeah. There you go. That's perfect. We just agreed. All right. <laughs> He's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> I love it. Ugh. What's chat say? Are they fighting or are they all on your side? Uh, I don't know. It's a uh, Saturday morning D&D show in. fight club is what I hear. So Weigh in chat. Yeah. Um, I bought <laughs> tickets to Gen Con. I'm going. You, I got did, my plane you know what ticket. I was doing yesterday, just another little off topic. I'm trying to get us a closer hotel. So Ooh. here's the thing. Maybe somebody in chat knows this, and I don't know the secret. Did you ever figure out the secret how these people year after year get close rooms, whereas people like you and me have never been able to get a, a room close? Even though I'm there day one, I'm at the lottery. They can't be winning the lottery every year, right? Uh, no, I don't know. I know there's some trick this right? year. There's, there's gotta be a trick, but this year specifically, uh, I went to go get my hotel and they were like, well, everything's sold out. And it was like, what? And they said, yeah. yeah, we messed up. And I was like, what? And so I don't know, like prices yeah. are crazy this year, but, uh, so I've only ever been, been the one year other time, you know, yeah, yeah. I've gone two so, years now, but yeah. Over the last couple of days, I've been calling hotels all over Indianapolis, asking, trying to find somebody who would tell me the secret. And I've been asking all these different hotel clerks and people. I'm like, so do you sell all your rooms or do you only sell a block? And some of the hotels do just a block, but they have other rooms they don't allow in the lottery to grab. But some hotels do every single room as a block for Gen Con. So there's different ones. You never quite, there's no rhyme or reason to who or what. Um, you cannot reserve a room more than a year in advance. So like, I can't say, Hey, I want a room for next year's Gen Con dates and try to do it now. Most of the hotels will say you have to wait till the one year mark. And on the day of the one year where you want to go out, that's when you can make a, and that's gotta be it. I, I know that's what Ted did. 
Like and maybe that's what they're he doing. Was so I'm like, Gen is that Con? the secret? Yeah. He was at Gen Con and then the yeah. day he was leaving, he's like, I would like to reserve this room for the next year. And they were like, okay. And they did it. Maybe that's the trick. Because I thought Gen Con, so some of them were telling me Gen Con sends their next block in that day, one year in advance. And oh. some people were thinking too, some hotels will allow them to have blocks multiple years. That's also a possibility. I also so. know that uh, they reserve a lot of those rooms for mm-hmm. um, the companies who come in yep. and buy. Oh, yeah, the vendor like, ones. Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing is I, I look at a lot of that and I'm like, how many are you like, you're either working the con or you're friends of somebody who works the con and that's how you were able mm-hmm. to get those rooms. So, yeah. And it's not clear there. So my next question was, how do I get somebody who cancels a room? So I'm asking all these mm-hmm. hotels. I'm like, is there a waiting list? Is there a way to know a room's going to come open when somebody says, you know what, I guess I'm not going and they cancel their thing. And none of them had any answer for, no, you just have to check back every day. And if there's an opening, there's an opening. So I did not find the secret is where this whole story was going to. But I am going to continue every day or every other day to see if I can get our hotel room much closer. <laughs> that's awesome. That's <laughs> um, we, might, we might be in the Marriott all the way up at the top because they do have a room at the top of that big hotel. Ooh. But it's super expensive. I'm already buying an expensive plane ticket. (laughs) I know. So that's why I'm not just immediately jumping on anything. And the one we have now, I I didn't, I didn't, you don't have to pay for that at all. Tax write off. Woo. But if we move into one that, that goes up a bump, I'll, I'll let you know for sure before we'll make a decision. Cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. Because I'd love to be right there. I'm trying to get us in the train room. I I want to. I know. You keep talking about that train room. In the Union Station train room. Forever at the Crown Crown something, Crown Plaza, I think is the name of it. So we'll bring you an update if we're ever there. But we are going to be there. A bunch of people are um, going that I've heard of. Oh, we might have a plan. Don't tell anybody. We we're might on be a trying to bring Danimal from Australia over. Oh. That could be cool. Danimal, uh, AJ, you guys need to take yeah, um, AJ, your New AJ Zealand, over. Australia flight and come over to America for Gen Con. Although yeah. I think AJ, he tried to come up for 2020, uh, and and got quarantined, and that was something. like, oh, hey, you're no. not, you're not, uh, oh, no, yeah. I, I mean, I think when Gengon got canceled, it was just like, oh crap, so, poor guy, poor AJ. AJ, I will pick you up from the airport if you ever do get to go, and you definitely could stay in a hotel. Oh, he says he'll be there. All right. Oh, well, we'll, cool. we got to meet we'll up, AJ. AJ. Now we got to all meet up. Ooh, we'll sure. take you to dinner. That'll be fun. Um. Yeah, AJ, we got to get a, a lore picture together. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, boy, I played games for the first time in a long time, and you played games, but it's also 11. Here we are at the end, right? Here we are at the end. So we'll have to talk about that next time. But uh, yeah. speaking of, you, you were talking about how Colville had that whole, uh, his game where he killed a whole bunch of people with demons in a village and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan kind of, restaged that with our characters for our new black company campaign and we are now on a boat sailing away from the destruction of demon city trying to understand what happened have you um, read the story of black company i have not has any of the players read the story of black company i doubt it maybe one so it's perfect because what it sounds like nathan has just done is the starting chapter of the black company which if it's true i commend you dm nathan (laughs) 
He's a big fan of the book. That's all I know. That's what and it's if called. You just the Black run them through game. the first yeah. part of that. Oh my god, that's so good. Um, I'm really excited. I'm playing an artificer named Styx, and I have yeah. two uh, wands that act like uh, like I'm a spell slinger, and so I'm just like pew pew yeah. pew. And it's it was better. How do you have with the boat? Did you guys just happen to have a boat in town? Did you steal oh, one? Oh, no, Did we ran and we got on a boat of everyone evacuating oh, the city. Oh, of other people evacuating. So we're on a boat with, like, a bunch of other people. Um, and, and some of them, we were told, company? some of them are kind of shady. <laughs> so, Are you black company people? Or yes. he's just in the world of black company? No, oh, no. you are part of we, the We part company. of it. I'm the quartermaster. We've got a nice. captain and a lieutenant and stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so we have good. jobs aside from our class. Yeah. And those jobs are from uh, strongholds and followers. So, mm-hmm. and we have retainers. I've got uh, my brother um, is uh, my retainer, and he's like a, a thief. But he he's we're using again Colville's rules. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Like I should do I like, like an this. actual book or an actual video on this because it's, it's <laughs> going to be a really good campaign. I'm very excited for it. So yeah, it sounds super fun. That's a great world to do a, uh, a campaign in, too. It's one of my favorite and one of my go-tos for mm. getting ideas and inspirations and want to run people through Black Company. So good. Yeah. So AJ good. says we can rent a car and sleep in it. I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Although uh, I had heard people sleeping in their car at Gen Con, and uh, the security guards sometimes Find like, tap, tap, yeah. and they're just like, you can't. What are you doing? And so, yeah. oh, but Well, AJ, what, where you might be able to get away with it is in the Lucas... Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, yeah, there's some places back there where they probably wouldn't even see. And somebody parks a bus back there and yeah. stays on the bus for a whole Gen Con. So that could be a cool idea. I've thought about that too, doing like an RV, like a rented RV for that week, and then you just stay in that. Ooh. It's got AC and it's got internet and everything else. You just got to find a place to park. At that point, that's cool. Hey everybody, that's our show. Uh, <laughs> sorry that you're. Uh, you know, TV parents fought for an hour and a half over <laughs> argument, <laughs> but Hey, there you go. Uh, we will be back next week. Maybe I think I'll be here. At least you'll be here. I don't know. I think so. Okay, cool. I thought something was happening. Um, that was going to be this week, but it, it didn't. So worked out. I'm here. You're yeah. to be here. Um, Gen Con RV trip. Uh, yes. we have, I mean, I don't even know, but we'll probably, if anything, we'll have games to talk about next week and it'll be really exciting um and i think that's it i'm i'm stoked for Spelljammer. i'm so excited i am too i can't wait i know the art just looks amazing like i'm just we've already had one person say he's gonna run a campaign so there will be oh okay campaigns ran and we will be able to talk about uh, it on this show (laughs) um your group that's currently going through Dungeon yeah. of the Mad Mage, they want to... Okay, that's cool. Transition yeah. to Spelljammer. Yeah, there's a group of some... Well, I don't know if that group specifically, but the people that are a part of that group are also going to be a part of a Spelljammer Okay, yeah, that's what I mean. You're not, not like joining tied, a different... Yeah, yeah. different uh, Every now and then we do that, though. Like, we'll jump from one campaign to the other. That's, that's cool. So. All right. Well, anything else before we take off, sir? God, no. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat lunch. It's 80 degrees out today. It's supposed to be nice and sunny. I hope wherever you live, it's nice and sunny. And welcome to spring. Go enjoy the day. Go take your kid to the park. Play some D&D. All right. So Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.